If you will, take your Bibles and turn with me to Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6, looking at verse 18. Ephesians 6, 18. This is a rare occasion. Normally, I, would be, I wouldn't preach a singular verse all by itself. Normally, I would preach through a portion of Scripture that contains a small portion to emphasize one. But I will go back and give you some context uh, so that we understand what's being said here. Um, but we're looking at prayers for the pilgrim. We're in week three. And I think it's important for us to understand the value of prayer. And not just the value of it, but how God has given us a framework. We looked at the model prayer the last two weeks, kind of leading into it. And then last week, the whole of it. And this week, we're looking at a little bit more structure, a little bit more understanding as to how to come to the Lord in prayer. And so let me give just a little bit of context. Ephesians chapter 6, if you start there in verse 10, I'm not going to read all this passage of Scripture but in verse 10, it starts off by saying, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. And then he begins walking through the armor of God. And he names off several different things. The belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, the, the helmet of salvation, uh, the sword of faith. Uh, let's see, the sword of the spirit. He's got all the different, um, the shield of faith, excuse me. Uh, and the sword uh, of the Spirit, that's correct, which is the Word of God. So I, I needed to read that, make sure I didn't get those backwards. But he gives us the armor that we are to wear in those verses prior to, uh, leading up to verse 18. And he tells us to stand while putting these things on. These, these elements are not things to be put on lightly or flippantly or lazily. You want them to be uh, strapped on and put on in a way that you are confident in going out. And I want to tell you this, it tells you to put these things on. But for many of you, if you ever played any kind of sport, if you played soccer or if you played football or if you were a catcher in baseball, you know when you put on those, those guards, those breastplates or those shin guards, it just didn't adhese to your shins. It didn't just cling to your shirt. You had to have something that you tightened and cinched it down with. And I believe prayer is that very thing. I think prayer is the thing that cinches those articles of defense and offense to the believer. We've got to be a praying person. We need to be a praying church body. We need to be people who pray in the Spirit, and we're going to talk about that in just a moment, but we need to be people who pray. And Paul is walking through those at the church of Ephesus because he knew they were going to have these things come against them, and they needed to be prepared in their spirit for those things. The devil, the Scripture tells us that the devil has fiery darts that he wants to shoot at us. And with this armor that we have on, we can extinguish, block, whatever terminology you want to use to uh, keep the devil from hitting us with his fiery darts. So we need this armor. But I want to tell you, if you don't put this armor on, coating it 
uh, using it with prayer. It's kind of like what you imbue the armor with for our little kids that do Minecraft and things like that. It's when you enchant your, your diamond sword or whatever it may be in Minecraft because you know diamond's the best thing or the diamond pickaxe. When, when you do that or emerald, emerald's a really good one too. But you know, you, you enchant those things and it makes them stronger. Well, let me tell you this. Prayer is what makes all those articles hang on. Okay, that's what they do. And we need to be praying people. We need to have this without prayer to bind these things together. We will quickly have them slip off our bodies as clothes whose elastic has been overstretched. You ever put on some clothes and, and like, you're like, man, I have this, this pair of pants is, is saw its last day. Or this pair of socks is saw its last day. I think most of us can agree with that. You know, it's slipping down and bunching up around your ankles. That used to be a style, but not so much anymore. So uh, you want to make sure that these things, and that's the way the armor can be if we're not praying. We need to be praying people. And Paul writes also in, in this, that one thing that we've got to understand is this, is when he, he starts off there in the first part of talking about this whole armor of devil, excuse me, this whole armor of God, I just read that word, Verse 11 tells us to put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but we wrestle against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all, Stand, to stand, in the evil day to stand, and having done all, stand. Stand therefore. And he begins walking through those things. So Paul writes that our battle, what our battle is, uh, whom our battle is against, and whom our battle is not against. And our battle is not with flesh and blood. We are not battling human beings. We're not battling human beings. Our battle is against principalities, powers, rulers of the darkness of this age, and spiritual wicked hosts. That's who our battle is against. So since our battle is an unseen spiritual battle, we must clothe ourselves with outward, invisible defenses so that our outward, visible actions reflect our inward redemption through Christ. And in consideration of the article of clothing for our outward, invisible defense, we need to discover how these are bound to our lives and for the effort of the kingdom. So the first thing that we look at, looking at Ephesians 6, verse 18. Paul writes, Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. For all the saints. So, as we look at this, the first thing that I want to emphasize is pray in the Spirit. He says, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. Now, I want to tell you something. As Baptists, a lot of times we're scared to death of hearing anything about the Spirit. Oh, my goodness. We might just get a little excited. Something may just happen that we can't explain. Yep, that's true. Something may happen that we can't explain, and that's okay. We don't need an explanation for every single thing that happens. We need a God that will show us what to do with it when it does. It's kind of like what we talked about last week. Prayer is really just preparing us for the answer. Preparing us for how to use the answer. 
the disciples, they did not know how to pray as they ought, so they came to Jesus and they said, Lord, teach us to pray. So what did Jesus do? Jesus taught them how to pray. We talked about that the last two weeks. But I want to tell you that Paul tells us one of the first things we need to do is to pray in the Spirit. So how do we do that? Well, when we first come into God's presence, we should be silent before Him. We should look up to Him and, and to send His Holy Spirit to teach us how we ought to pray. We must wait for the Holy Spirit and surrender ourselves to the Spirit. Then we shall pray in the right way. I think many a times the first thing we do before our knees even hit the ground or before anything happens in reverence, we're shouting something up to the Lord. And we're not getting our spirit prepared for what the Lord would have to say to us. We just want to tell Him everything. You know, sometimes when I come home from the office or I come home from doing something that's a little bit different, buddy, I'm telling you, I'm like a, I'm like a fire hydrant, just let me tell you everything that's happened today. And Julie's like, you, you're going to have to calm down. I can't handle this. You know what I mean? Because that's just how I am. I, I just, Ooh, something happened today, you know? And, and, she's, you know. and the Lord sometimes, he's like, oh, just slow down. Let's just, let's just meet here for a moment. Let's just meet here for a moment. And then we can talk. You know, th then we can talk. F.F. Bruce, he, he is one of the best commentators uh, that there is. He writes in his commentary on Ephesians 6.18. He says, praying in the Spirit means praying under the Spirit's influence and with His assistance. I will pray with the Spirit and I will pray with the mind also, says Paul in 1 Corinthians 14.15. By way of response, it appears to some who believe that to pray in a tongue, unintelligible to speak, and here's alike was to pray in the Spirit. But it is no criterion, listen to me, it is no criterion of the power of the Spirit that the person praying does not understand his own prayer. Okay? Let me read that again. It is no criterion of the power of the Spirit that the person praying does not understand his own prayer. So when people begin to pray, if, if, if they don't even know what they're saying, listen, it, it, they don't know their prayer. Now listen, on the other hand, on the other hand, there are prayers and aspirations of the heart that cannot be well articulated. These can be offering in the Spirit, who, as Paul says, himself intercedes for us with sighs too deep for words. That's in Romans 8, 26. So it's one thing for you to be praying and you, and, and you're just, you don't know what to say. But the Holy Spirit knows what's on your heart because the Holy Spirit's dwelling within you. It's another thing for you to be babbling on and on and you have no idea what you're saying. That's not talking or, or speaking in tongues. It's not praying in the Spirit. You're, you're going to know what's on your heart to pray. So don't get them confused. Some people out there think, you know, I, I don't know what I just said. What, what do you mean you don't know what you just said? You, you don't know your heart? You, you don't know what you just the Spirit's going to help you out when you don't know what to say. When something's so deep or so hurting. You know, we've had a lot of people this year experience the loss of loved ones in their lives. And sometimes when you deal with that, you, you don't know what to say. You don't know how to express it verbally or with English language. But you know what? The Lord knows your heart. And you go to Him, you say, God, I just don't know what else to say. He knows that. 
He knows that. And the Spirit knows the will of God. And if I pray in the Spirit and look to the Spirit to teach me God's will, He will lead me out in prayer according to that will and give me faith that the prayer is to be answered. But in no case does real faith come by simply determining you are going to get the thing that you want to get. That's what R.A. Torrey wrote. I'm quoting a lot of R.A. Torrey today, I'm going to tell you, because, man, that book was so good. I just highly recommend that book. So what can we take from this understanding, though? What can we take from this understanding? We can and should always consider the entirety of a letter. When Paul wrote to those in Ephesus, we've got to take all of this into account, okay? Not not divorce it from the rest of the book. I know I'm preaching one verse out of a small portion of context, but I'm trying to get you to understand the whole entirety of the book. Paul wants us to be in the Spirit. God wants, uh, Paul wants us to be following after him. Chapter 5 in the title is called Walk in Love. The, la- the next set of little breakout. My Bible says walk in the light. The next one says walk in wisdom. And then it talks about marriage because you need all three of those things for a marriage to work. you got to read it in context, okay? Chapter 6 begins talking about children and parents. Still, you're walking in love, you're walking in light, you're walking in wisdom, Talks about bond servants and masters. You're walking in love. You're walking in light. You're walking in wisdom. You're putting on the whole armor of God. You're walking in love. You're walking in light. You're walking in wisdom. Don't try to take, don't try to take one verse out of the context of the whole. You got to read it all. Okay? But prayer is what binds this armor of God to the Christian and allows them to be able to combat the devil. Because apart from Christ, apart from his righteousness, apart from his wisdom, apart from his word, apart from his relationship through prayer, apart from those things, you are not going to be able to combat the devil. Your relationships with your bond servants and masters are going to be weak. Your relationship with your children and your parents are going to be weak. Your relationship in your marriage and the church is going to be weak. If you're not praying, you can read it in reverse and see how it's all bound together with prayer. With a relationship and a healthy relationship with the Father. So what can we do with this understanding? As I said, understand the whole book. Read the whole book. The passage of uh, 6.18 should be seen in connection with other passages on the Spirit in Ephesians. Especially Ephesians 3.16. In it, it says this. Uh, let, me, let me find my spot here. That, you, that He would grant you, according to the riches of His glory, to be strengthened with might through His Spirit in the inner man. And then in 5.18... In 5.18, it reads like this, And do not be drunk with wine in which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit. So the Spirit communicates God to us, and through Him we receive all gifts and empowering from God. This is not just all of a moment you're going to be able to just be in the Spirit. This is a lifetime, a a day-by-day, daily discipline of being in a healthy relationship with the creator of all things, Jesus Christ. We've got to be in that relationship talking, listening. So praying in the Spirit is not some far-fetched, indescribable language, but rather a posture and presence of attitude toward God. 
Let us not be so caught up in the charismatic that we misunderstand that we are to be caught up in the character of Christ. He is holy, and his desire for us is to become more holy like he is, like him. When we pray in the Spirit, we will pray the right things in the right way. There will be joy and power in our prayer. We need to pray without end. Looking back there at 618 in Ephesians. Praying always. Praying always. So we should pray without end. Pray always is the opening two words of this scripture. It literally means outstretchedly. Outstretchedly. And this is a pictorial word and wonderfully expressive. It represents the soul on a stretch of earnest and intense desire. I don't know about y'all, it makes me think about, some of y'all, at some point in time, maybe in your life, maybe when you were a child, whatever, you had one of those wheels that had the handlebars on either side. You ever had one of those? It's supposed to be strengthening your abs or whatever, you know what I'm saying? And my dad had one for years, and when I was a little kid, daddy would do that all the time. I always wondered how daddy stayed in such good shape when I was young. Well, I'm going to tell you something. To do one of them things, you got you got to have good uh, core muscles, you know what I'm saying? And uh, I've never really been able to do that very well. Um, but Dad did. And so when I think about this literally outstretchedly, it makes me think about having that, having that wheel rolled all the way out and every muscle in your body is holding you up. This intense desire. We need to pray without end. Prayer is the language of the heart to the Father through the Son in the Spirit. First Thessalonians, Paul again writes, he says, pray without ceasing. Paul knew that the victorious Christian must be a praying Christian. We must be a praying Christian. And there is no victory apart from a healthy, ongoing, ever-strengthening relationship between the father and his child. As many of you have personally experienced, if you want a strong relationship with a friend, a family member, a spouse, you name it, you have to communicate well and regularly. The same goes in the spiritual relationship with the Father and the child of God. Communication through prayer binds the armor, but it also beckons the presence of God. Prayer is clearly the focus of verse 18. The word all is mentioned four times in this verse. You can consider pray always. I know that's not separated from that word, but pray always. Pray with all prayer and supplication. Pray with all perseverance and supplication. And pray for all the saints. Pray for all the saints. So we need to pray in a variety of ways. So verse 18 says, praying always with all prayer and supplication. We need to pray in a variety of ways. Prayer is a generalized choice word, but the word supplication emphasizes the element of petition or entreaty in prayer. On Wednesday nights, we have our prayer time, and we petition the Lord in supplication on behalf of those that are sick, those that need salvation, those that need healing, whatever it may be. That is supplication. We are praying, intercessory prayer, petitionary prayer on behalf of other people. We're praying on behalf of our church. We're praying on behalf of our nation. We're praying on behalf of Israel. We're praying petitionary. I think that's petitionary. Such an interesting word. Prayers of supplication. 
And there's five elements in petitionary prayer. There is inspirited prayer, which we've already talked about at length. There is continual prayer, which we've also just uh, unfolded. And there's varied prayer, which we are looking at at this very moment. Uh, and then we're going to also look at prayer awareness in prayer. And to complete our time today, we're going to look at prayer for fellow believers. Prayer for fellow believers. So R. Kent Hughes wrote this. He said, varied prayer grows out of what we have just seen about prayer without end. The various situations we encounter will demand a variety of prayers. Think of the variety fitting to our life situations. There's prayer to resist temptation. There's prayer for wisdom. There's prayer for power. There's prayer for self-restraint. There's prayer for protection of others, for growth, and for conviction. That's a variety of prayers. And, and the Lord tells us, pray in a variety of ways. Praise, pray with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. We need to be praying in a variety of ways. And in those variety of prayers, we must understand that the will of God is of utmost importance. Our prayers should be, if in the Spirit, beneficial to all those who have claimed Christ is Lord. Our prayers should always be beneficial to everybody. If we're praying a prayer that would be detrimental or destructive to someone else, we, we need to rethink what we're praying for. Because we might not be praying and most likely are not praying at least in the Spirit. Because the Spirit's going to give us stuff that is, you know, we're all joined together by the Holy Spirit. The same Holy Spirit that lives within me through my salvation lives in you if you have made a profession of faith of salvation. So when I pray, it should be beneficial to everyone because we're all connected through the Holy Spirit. So we should be praying those prayers, those varied, various prayers that would benefit anyway, anyone. Warren Wearsby wrote, you know, it is possible to pray fervently in the flesh and never get through to God. It is also possible to pray quietly in the spirit and see God's hand do great things. So let us make sure as we are praying for these various needs that we are in the spirit. And we need to have that continual pray without ceasing mentality in our lives. We need that. Wearsby also wrote, never have to say when you pray, Lord, we come into thy presence because you never left it in the first place. As Paul wrote in 1 Thessalonians 5, 17, pray without ceasing. That doesn't mean you walk around with your eyes closed bumping into stuff. What that means is, is this. You're in a, you're, you never hang up the phone with him, if you will. You got your walkie-talkie on, ready to talk to him anytime. You can speak to him, he can speak to you, but you're open and listening to the Lord. And then you're speaking to him. We need to pray with awareness. Look there the next portion of that same scripture. It says, I'm going to start back in verse 18, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. So he says, being watchful to this end. I believe that's praying with awareness. We don't need to be people who are unaware of what's going on around us. Uh, we need to be aware. And we need to be aware of our weaknesses when we pray. Because we are weak. We are weak people. Paul writes that we should pray toward the end of perseverance. Not like the end of perseverance, but the end through perseverance. That might have been a better way for me to top that sentence. 
But we are frail people. We are. And we have weaknesses. And we need encouragement and motivation. And we need to be watchful as we are easily distracted people. Many of you know that I'm an easily distracted person. It doesn't take much for me to be distracted. I've got a lot of plates spinning many a times. And if you hand me one thing, all of a sudden those other plates have fallen or at least I've handed them to somebody else to spin for a while while I go do whatever that random thing may be. I'm running around, something's going on. It's hot down in Anthony Hall, or it's too cold up here, or it's, you know, something didn't get put out up there, or, or whatever it may be on a Sunday morning. So, you know, something random. Somebody's going to tell me something. So, you know, and I'm like, well, I got to get up here. I got teenagers running around because they're waiting for me to be up here in the youth class to teach them, you know, and, or, or I haven't given the points to April yet, and I got to get those points to April, or, you know, something, something, you know. And I know many of you deal with the same thing, so I'm not trying to get you to just you know, oh, poor pitiful brother Blake. I, I know we're all spinning a lot of plates. We're all dealing with a lot of things. We're easily distracted people. So we need to remove as many of those distractions as possible before entering into our posture of prayer. Consider how the Lord compelled the inner three to come a little further and pray. And they kept falling asleep. They just kept falling asleep. Uh, they were not alert or watchful in their prayers. The flesh... The, the physically got in the way. This is why proper rest, adequate diet, and a muted or turned off device are important. There are times that you're just going to have to say, you know what, that phone's got to be put away. Blake Prater. <laughs> There's times when you got to say, you can't play the video game, teenagers. You can't look at YouTube or TikTok or Instagram right now. Adults and teenagers. Got to turn off the Facebook. Quit listen to all the conspiracy theories and everything else that's going on. You might just need to get in the Word. It's like I've heard people say, we're, ne- we're not going to get to heaven and-, and we're going to say, I never had time to read the Bible. God's going to pull up your social media and say, wrong, wrong, wrong. <laughs> we-, we are distracted people. We need proper rest. We need to be getting the right rest. We come in here sometimes, and, and, and listen, I know sometimes people battle with different things that cause them to fall asleep. But this ain't just in worship. I'm talking about in your prayer life, too. Your prayer needs to be important that it's put on the, on, the front, on the front eye of the stove, if you will. Not on the back stove, not on the back eye. You need to put it on the front. Make sure you're paying attention to it and pray. We need to pray. We are some of the most informed but least aware people in the history of mankind. You know that? We've got got all the information we can imagine. I left my phone up here because I didn't want it in my pockets. I've muted my, my, my watch so I won't receive any notifications. I've done all that. We are some of the most informed but least aware people in the history of mankind. You know, some of you really like, I, I don't know if you're like me, I, I like to see those the pranks and stuff like that, little prank videos on Instagram and TikTok. You see people walk around with their phones and they're falling off into water fountains and stuff like that. You know, it's unfortunate, but funny. You know, but, but they're informed about something, but they're not aware that they're walking into a water fountain or the edge of a door or whatever it may be. But they're informed that a door is made out of wood, but, you know, they just ain't seeing it because their face is down their phone. You know what I mean? 
And, and we're, we're so informed, but we're least aware. We have all the information at the tips of our fingers, and yet we are the most unaware. The Lord desires us to be engaged in our prayer life. Our prayer life will be stimulated by our presence in the world, obviously, there's things that's going to stimulate our prayer life. We have a hurting family member here or a need here or whatever it may be. It's going to be stimulated uh, by our presence in the world, and it's going to be stimulated by our desire to see God's kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Our prayer life will be stimulated by those things. We have to persist in prayer in all watchfulness. We need to be aware. And then finally, we need to pray for fellow believers. We need to pray for fellow believers. It says there in the, in the last part of that verse, it says, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. For all the saints. So in that watchfulness and alertness, we are not to be unaware of those around us who are furthering the gospel. Today, we did our Lottie Moon in gathering. We need to be aware of those furthering the gospel. We need to be aware. I, I talked about the Embara people. I quoted from an article that I had gotten in an email about uh, the, the couple that had been ministering to them. And they finally saw their first convert, their, the first one to turn to Christ. And I want to tell you something. This money helps to keep them there to see more and more people come to faith in Jesus Christ in the Embara people. And that's part of it. We need to be praying. We don't need to be unaware of those who are furthering the gospel. We need to lift up the needs of those who are committed missionaries and servants of the Lord who diligently make the name of Jesus known. Speaking on this, which I've been convicted on this, Miss Lenore, you know, that came and was with us for a good portion of this year. You know, she's going to go to Mongolia as a full-time missionary. Okay, she's reached out to me through Facebook Messenger and she would love to come speak to our church sometime pretty soon to talk to you about her mission work and about us giving to help support her. And I'd love to do that. I've got to reach back out to her. So Lenore, if you watch her services, I promise you, now I've said it to the congregation. So uh, because sometimes things come to me and they get slipped back, 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 back. And I, 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 I like I said, distracted. But this, this right here just made me think about that. So I wanted to let you know, she is ready. She wants to come speak to us. And I want us to be a church that blesses her as she goes and shares the gospel to those children and families in Mongolia. So uh, y'all pray for Lenore. Don't forget about her, okay? And uh, I'm going to try to get her here to talk about that. So we need to be lifting up the needs of those committed missionaries as servants of the Lord who diligently make the name of Jesus known. And when we pray, when we make prayer vital in our lives as it is, we can see how prayer strengthens us and it strengthens those that we are praying for. So we need to be praying for fellow believers. Paul, through the rest of this little bit of verse here, he tells them, he says, y'all pray for me, pray for the fellow believers, pray for me for the utterance of the gospel so the furtherance of the gospel may go forth. He says that. And he says, so I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains that in it I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. So he's telling, he's like, pray for fellow believers, but pray especially for me. We've, we need to be praying for these missionaries. And 
I don't know if you got a calendar, but I've been giving these calendars out for the past two years for people to get to take home. I hope you're flipping it, hoping you're looking at them. We've got them in the restrooms. We've got them in random places around the church. I hope when you pick things up, you see those names and you just say, you're in a continual mindset of prayer and a varied prayer. And you see that face, you say, Lord, I don't know what they're doing today, but I know they're making your name known. Bless them today. And the Lord will hear that. And the Lord knows that. So here, so we're going to pray for all of them. We're going to pray for these faces over here that we don't really have a relationship with, but we're connected through the Holy Spirit. But we're going to pray for Lenore. We're going to pray for Lenore. We've met her. I mean, she spoke about her missions down there. I want to pray. Think about Taryn. Taryn's gone again. She's going to be again this next summer, another Fuge Camp staffer on the travel team. So I want to make sure we're praying for her as well as she goes out and she makes the good news of Jesus Christ known to those kids. So we need to be praying for her. And anybody else that goes out, we need to be praying for them. Praying for Lily as she is down at Oakman Central leading worship down there. She, we sent her out. She's a missionary on behalf of New Prospect Baptist Church. Pray for Lily. These are people that are missionaries. We, we, sometimes we think to be a missionary, you got to wear some foreign cultural garb and, and go somewhere where you don't know the language. That's not the case. Every one of you, every one of us are a missionary every day of our lives. When we go out into this world, there are lost people. This, this nation is lost and they need Jesus in as much as the Ambaru people, the people of Mongolia, and everywhere else need Jesus. It's lost here. I was at the school Monday and spoke to the basketball team, the junior high basketball team. And I mean, there were 50 kids, boys and girls, cheerleaders, basketball players, all of them. I walked through that school at Jasper High School, and it blows my mind how many kids are in that school. How many kids are just at the house today? So many kids are just at the house. What are we doing, church? Where are we at? The, one of the greatest mission fields. And we can't put the whole burden on, our, on some of our teenagers. We want them to know Jesus. We want them to talk about Jesus. But listen, we got to be engaged too. We got to be missionaries right where we are. But I will say this. I will uh, commend our church on the work that we're doing. You know, I'm getting to do that. Y'all are, are allowing me the opportunity to speak at the BCM and lead the BCM down here. So we're seeing kids come in and hear about Jesus down there. Lupton, first, uh, Lupton, first, uh, Lupton Junior High School, the first priority. I speak one, one Wednesday. Scott Argent speaks another Wednesday. Sean Morgan speaks another Wednesday. And Joe Daniels, he's at Antioch, he speak, speaks another Wednesday. And we're talking to kids, and we're having uh, 40, 50, 60, almost 70 kids in a, Sunday, in a classroom hearing the gospel of Jesus Christ almost every week. Listen, we're missionaries. We're missionaries. Prayer is vital. Prayer is vital. Prayer strengthens us, and it, and it strengthens those that we're praying for. Listen, prayer promotes our spiritual growth in almost... As no, almost nothing else, indeed as nothing else but Bible study, and true prayer and true Bible study go hand in hand. This practice is a catalyst for a heart towards service and mission. Prayer is vital. It brings power into our work. We need the Spirit's power to accomplish kingdom work on earth. Prayer is vital. It prevails in converting the lost to Christ. Prayer is the cornerstone to productive evangelism. 
When prayer is vital, it brings blessing to the church. Prayer will root out hearsay. It will subdue misunderstanding. It will step away jealousy. It will obliterate immoralities and bring in the full tide of God's reviving grace. That's what prayer will do when we pray for our fellow believers. And this accomplishment, working through prayer, is done by Christ for the glory of His name, the good of His people, and the furtherance of His kingdom on earth. So when we pray, we pray with every believer in mind. Pray with every believer in mind. Because every, prayer, uh, every believer, we call it the priesthood of uh, the the. Priesthood of the saints, I believe is what it's called. Every believer is, uh, is a missionary. Every one of us who've called on Christ. Don't belittle yourself. Don't make small of yourself. We are all missionaries for Christ. So in conclusion, our prayer as we are looking toward a new year is to look with a revival for the church in our hearts and on our minds and proceeding from our lips to the Father. I pray that God will revive His people, starting with me and starting with us. If you want to see people saved by the grace of God, get on your knees like they mean something to God. Call out to Him. Cry out to Him. And we may even see the Lord work to these ends when we find ourselves in revival prayer. We got to have a revival prayer mentality. And one of the guys that I was reading this week, this is what he says will happen when we have revival prayer. When we have revival prayer, it will give your pastor a new love for the conversion of souls. Revival prayer will give a new love for God's Word and a new faith in God's Word. Revival prayer will bring a new liberty and power in the preached Word. Revival prayer will motivate Christians to come out from the world and live sanctified lives. Revival prayer will give Christians a new spirit of prayer. Revival prayer will urge Christians to go to work for lost souls. Revival prayer will inspire new joy in Christ for Christians. And revival prayer will spur on a new love for God's Word in Christians. We need to have a revival prayer life. We need to see people revived to get out of the the dormancy of the routine, get out of the complacency of everyday Christianity. We've got to become mission-minded prayer warriors for the glory of God so that lost people may come to faith in Jesus Christ. It's what we've got to do. So we need prayer warriors praying for revival in the hearts of those who have been redeemed and for new life to come into cold, broken, and dead hearts. It's what we need to be praying for. So will you commit to pray for the lost? Will you commit to that? Will you commit to pray in the Spirit? Will you commit to pray without end? Will you commit to pray in a variety of ways, in all types of ways? Just pray. Never shut the door. Never put down the receiver on your end of your prayer life. Keep it open to hear God. Will you pray? Will you commit to pray with awareness? And will you commit to pray for your fellow believers? I challenge you today. Will you be a revival prayer warrior? We need to be praying. Some of you may say, I can't do much. You can pray and God can do great things. God can do great things. Prayer doesn't do the work. God does. We've just got to pray. 
We got to pray in the Spirit and pray continually and pray a variety of prayers. We need to pray with awareness and pray for our fellow believers. We've got to pray and God will do what His will is to do. And then we've got to pray that we'll be able to use the answer properly. 